This week, we bask in the warm light of cherubic baby faces full of youthful innocence. Because is it creepy or is it cute? You decide. I'm Kyle. And I'm Garrett. And we watch anime. Garrett, this week we take a detour to not talk about an anime property, a style of anime, or specific characters. No. The discussion we are having is more of a feeling, really. In this fast-paced world full of demands, arguments, stress, and responsibility, sometimes it's important to look at the world through the eyes of cute things without a care in the world. Many people use pets, babies, or rainbows for this fix. But other times it takes the cuteness of Japan to hit just the right spot. That's right, this week we're going to tackle what it means to be truly kawaii when we explain the concept of moe. But before we begin, Garrett, what are new fans going to be expecting from this episode? Eyes that are 90% the size of the person's face. <laughs> That's true. The portions are as close to, like, like if this was, like, an actual normal, like, if you could see, like, a real-life, like, proportions that it would look like, it would look right. like a monstrosity. But yeah. in anime, it, it just serves just right, you know? It's like I had, if I had potato head eyes. <laughs> yes, it's like. So um, this is going to be a little bit of a different episode this week, Garrett, because I picked this style because, A, we haven't done an explainer in a long time. So this episode is going to be an explainer of a specific concept for you. But another reason is I feel like it was genesis out of this poor treatment of our poor Fox girl Senko-san when we did our waifu episode. In that episode, she got no, she got no respect. She, she no was respect. the Rodney Dangerfield. Everybody was like, no, I want another student body president. No, I want the other student body president. But no love for Senko-san. I was like more than happy for it because I feel like Moe gets confused a lot with Echi and when it shouldn't really be because it's a very different thing. And so I thought we take some time. I go, I'm pulling us all aside, repositioning ourselves to say, okay, let me explain fully what Moe is. Because I tried to explain it a few times and it's a lot harder than I thought it would. So I thought I'd dedicate a full episode this time around. He, he's a French artist, right? Yes. <laughs> he's the guy who runs the bar at The Simpsons. That's who Moe is. Oh, so that's, oh, that's Mo or Monet. Got it. No, we're talking about Moe. <laughs> there's a and once i was doing this episode can thing you just, imagine if 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 mo from the simpsons turned mo's bar into a french bistro and started calling it moe were you like steak free like or if like it was in a blacker community it'd be called moesha you know <laughs> so anyway and so anyway when I was planning this idea out, I realized there's like a lot more to explain. There's a lot more culturally in Japan to get over. So instead of really making you dive into a lot of episodes, I really want you to get the feeling of it. Really, mm -hmm. Moe is another like je ne sais quoi kind of idea. It's something that like you don't quite understand it unless you kind of see it enough mm -hmm. until you get the feeling of it. So I was hoping that through the process of showing these episodes, you were able to get some sort of feeling or elicit some sort of emotion that might you might at some point equate with Moe. That sounds like, what was it, the Supreme Court Justice who says, uh, you can't define pornography, but I'll know it when I see it. Yes, we're going to try to get you to, in a nicer way, understand 
the concept of porn, but not. Nah, it, it, it makes more. It makes more sense. I promise. <laughs> yeah, so, let's just roll with it. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. 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 Yeah. <laughs> um, ultimately, we're going to also ask the question of if Moe is appropriate or is really is it for a selective audience because of its style, its genre, the type, mm-hmm. type of characters. But before we get into the concept of what it is, and I got to dive into the explanation, can you go over the three shows that we talked about, with that we, we watched this week? Right, absolutely. So uh, there were three shows in the order in which I watched them. There was uh, Binchutan, yep. uh, which is widely available on YouTube, y'all. Right. Uh, there's Nyanko Days, mm-hmm. which is available on Crunchyroll, if mm-hmm. you want to follow along at home. And then there's Kaon, which was available on Netflix. Uh I won't go into like the details of them because I know we're going to go over them as we discuss the shows individually. Uh, but they're definitely uh, female-centered properties. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the furthest thing you could get from like a Dragon Ball Z or anything. Any there's no leveling up. There's nope. no powering up episode mm-hmm. to episode. Um, they are decidedly unlike most things that we've watched mm-hmm. so far. Yes, exactly. And it's, and it really is like, you know, the two that I would show, like Nyanko Days and Binchotan had very also specific reasons why they existed, right? But oh, okay, so right off the bat, again, we're not gonna go into it. Those two baffled me. <laughs> hey, on, I was like, this is a show. I get it's it. A show, exactly. But I really wanted to get the spirit of Moe for you because as I told you, the feeling. So let me just dive into an idea because we're really going to try to see if you get it because there's a lot of ways people think about it. It's actually one of those things that like, even in Japan, they mm-hmm. don't quite understand fully what, what it is. Like some people have different opinions. Okay. There's actually like, like university professors that have like legit, like Soph- Sophocles like arguments over what Moe is. That because- sounds like wasted tax dollars, <laughs> but go on. <laughs> but Moe is a term it's pronounced Moe, but it looks like the word Mo, like Mo Larry and Curly. Um, and it was ter- coin termed in 1980s and 1990s to define things specifically in anime and in anime culture that is generally juvenile or juvenile juvenilized, I guess is the word you would use, or made cutesy to the point of adorable, right? Okay. Not like, oh, that girl is cute, but like, oh, you're cute. Like, it's that. It's like when you commit. They- so, so think like girls who are 20 years old running around with Hello Kitty backpacks. Right. And- All their L's are W. Like, it's my widow, widow walking to the wheel with my neck. Like that kind of like. Boats, boats, boats. <laughs> How I Met Your Mother reference, guys. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So the term itself is contested, um, but it seems to stem from different versions of different verbs. Some people, me, says it comes from the word moeru, which means to bud, or moyeru, which means to sprout. So, you know, budding and sprouting is is a key indicator here. Other people think that it comes from the idea of uh, burning, so having burning burning passion for something. but it's really about how you feel about a specific character or story mm-hmm. more than anything. And that's why when I, I try to explain it to you, I'm like, well, that character kind of gives me the Moe track. And that's, there's a reason for it. And we'll get the, well, it'll make more sense as we go forward because we're going to test the boundaries of it, see the different levels and layers of it as we go okay. along. As I said, it's kind of a je ne sais quoi. It's like a little, little thing. But unfortunately, and this is what I want, if anything, I want it to be separate from Lollicon, Right. We all, we both kind of talked about Lolicon a few times. The idea of people who are sexually attracted to younger girls, specifically, and based on the book Lolita, they just Japanese Japaneseified it for it. Okay, but 
it's not necessarily for sexual gratification or having of actual physical attraction to someone. It's the idea of having like a deep seated care for them so that you want them to either succeed or you want them to have a good life. It's like, it's like more like watching a kid at a soccer game than it is like, than it is like wanting to take someone out for dinner or whatever. So I don't know. Did you grasp that when you were watching some of these shows this week? Uh, no, no. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I grasp the, the cutesy nature of it. Uh, right. I have my feelings on each of them. However brief those, uh, however brief the stints were that I dipped my toe into the water yeah. of Moe. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was very, a lot of, for me, it was very like surface level. I know that, look, this is just like, I'm getting a brief exposure, mm-hmm. three samplings, an episode or two of each. So mm-hmm. I understand that for those out there who really dig Moe, you know, I apologize if I'm not quote unquote getting it mm-hmm. or understanding it where you come from. I'm, I like I like things that are off the beaten path, so mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep an open mind to things that you might like that are off the beaten path. But this was uh, that that deep feeling and care for someone. I mean, it would be a bit of a stretch for me to pull right. that from the limited episodes that I watched. Right, and I think it's okay for the noobs, the new fans out there, to not get it. But I also want for the new fans to understand that this is something different than what your gut instinct is going to give you. And that's what I think the primer of this episode is going to be. It's going to be basically like, you might not get it, but know that it's something more, it's got something more deeply layered than what you assume it to be, which you think someone's just fapping to this stuff. (laughs) So here's the deal. You'd have to be like, you'd have to be at that point where like, you've got such porno creep that you need to like fap to the network news to like find this like attractive. So here's the deal. Let's start with the one that you said was like a show. It's, it's actually, when you look up lists for what is a very Moe anime, it's the first one on the list. Essentially. It's like the quintessential Moe anime. Uh, you know, as you said, it's very like, it's a, it's a definitely full run show as opposed to other ones, but uh, let's talk about the show K-On, which right. ran in, as a manga from 2007 to 2012. Uh, the anime ran from 2009 to 2010. Now, right. one thing to note about this one is that it's a, um, it comes from a four-panel or yonkoma manga, which is basically the length of, like, say, a Garfield strip. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> right? It's, a, it's, it's essentially like if you were to take Peanuts and make mm-hmm. that anime, that's the length you generally get. It's like it's, a not, it's not like a full Shonen Jump manga. It's, right. it's like... Uh, With 17 to 19 pages, it's like you get one half of one page generally. Right. So that's why, like, the, the movement of it, like, in terms of what happens in K-On, not much happens. It's really just, like, how they interact with each other, how, you know, how, right. what their relationship's like, all that stuff. So sure. talk me through what K-On's all about. Right, so, so we open on K-On, and uh, you're in a school, and this girl wakes up late in her house. Oh, I forget, which character was it? Yui is the main... Yui. Is, is the first so Yui Hirasawa wakes mm-hmm. up late in her house. She's late to class and she gets to school. And a very big part of Japanese culture, I'm assuming, based upon the show, mm-hmm. is that you have a club when you're in school. It mm-hmm. could be anything. It could be art club, chess club. Mm-hmm. It could be a sport. Whatever it is, your identity, and it's really important, mm-hmm. is that you're tied to a club. And a couple weeks into school, Yui has not selected her club. But she decides that she wants to join a band club, like an actual band. Not like sitting there, not an orchestra, not sitting there with with, uh, a horn section, but like a rock band club. 
Unfortunately, she finds out that every member of the club graduated the year before Mm -hmm. and that if they don't get at least four members in the next week, Mm -hmm. they're going to close the club up. Right. Shut it down. They're not going to allot a advisor or any resources to it or anything like that. And so Yui is desperate to find other people at the school, whether friends or whether they're strangers, join this club and start a band together, a la Josie and the Pussycats. (laughs) It really is kind of Josie and the Pussycats. By the way, I have to correct you, by the way, because I thought you were saying something else. Ritsu is the president of this club. So Ritsu, Yui is the the one who wakes up late in the morning and I'm like, Yui's the one who wakes up late in the morning. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, sorry. So Ritsu's the Everything I just said, but Ritsu. The words words Ritsu next said, yeah. Go ahead, man. No, 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 that's it. <laughs> no, that's just the story. Right, right. And so yeah. Yui is like, I got to say, this girl is, clearly has like ADD. She she is the like, it could be in the middle of a conversation and squirrel happens and something flies by and it like gets her. Oh, Yui is the fourth member? She is the one that is like the main character of the show. But she's the guitarist. She's the guitarist. So gotcha. So, so Ritsu is the... As we as we've corrected Garrett, Ritsu is the, is the president. Drives this club, right? And, and it's funny that you say president because she says, "Wait, if no one else joins, that means I'm like default president, right?" Mm-hmm. Um, so she plays the drums, and yep. it's her first goal is she gets her raven-haired, black-haired friend uh, to play bass, and she reluctantly plays bass in the band. She claims to have been tricked at like a sleepover to join the band. Uh, then you have the third member who is a blonde who is, uh, who plays the keys. And she's like very bougie. And she's like doing this almost like, uh, like sociological tourism. It's like, Ooh, let's see what the plebes do when they go to their light, you know, their clubs and stuff like that. If, yeah. if John Tesh was a teenage Japanese girl, that's, that's who she would be. That's actually a really good comparison. It is John Tesh. John Tesh, live at Red Rocks. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so they're part of what's called the Keonbu, which is uh, Keongaku is light music. So basically like girly punk rock, essentially, is what they're okay. trying to make, essentially. Um, and it's He was a club. skater boy. I said, see you later, boy. Yeah, it's, it's if you could take like, yeah, like um, the Donna. Avril Lavigne. Yeah, Avril Lavigne and like the Donnas and put them together that you'll generally get what, what light music's all about. So, um, so, yeah. so Yui is the final member of the group, but she shows up like determined to join this group. But mm-hmm. we find out that she does not know how to play an instrument. Right. But Ritsu and Mio and, and uh, Sumugi, they are desperate for a, at least, particularly Ritsu. They need a fourth member. Otherwise, this group is going to close up. So yeah. they are on the border of like begging. Yui. My favorite part, by the way, of Yui when she was saying like, ooh, light music, was she was like thinking of the glory days of when she was like in second grade and every kid got castanets to sing like hot cross buns by hitting the castanets. Like that's what she was thinking the club was going to be. Like recorder playing. Like that's what she was assuming it was going to be. Right. Like memorizing all the presidents and all that stuff. And, and and she's they're like we're going to teach you how to play guitar because yeah. we need this member and she tells her friend uh hey they let me join and she's like what <laughs> she's like do you have a guitar no you're gonna have to buy one what are they like five thousand yen which is it's 50 bucks is what it's 50 dollars well to be fair 
when you and I went to high school, you could absolutely go to Alto Music and buy like that intro Fender for a buck twenty-five. Yeah, hundred twenty. It would have to be over hundred bucks though, and you'd ha- it would be in a box. Yes, right. and it wouldn't be that great, but it would nope. still work. You it could play. Work. It. You could play. It's but it's, it's it's better than like a Walmart guitar. Like Walmart guitars are awful. I remember right. being like, well, who would buy this? But yeah, that's another thing that's crazy is that um, this is another part of clubs that you don't realize until you're watching these shows is that clubs can be made and broken at any point it's like the school incentivizes you to take on your passions in that way Mm -hmm. you can have a club based on anything really Mm -hmm. and if you have enough people the school it's kind of like almost like college would do it right you say i have i have enough people we want to do this and the school doesn't give you a lot but they're like we'll give you a budget and a room to do it 100 bucks whatever yeah like and and like the school give you a little bit of money to just go through it and you'll get funds and then you kind of do the club. So, but if you don't have enough people, then you could just go away and they'll, they'll have to use that room for something else, right? right? So that's generally what happens here. But what I find interesting about K-On is K-On is honestly a really good interpretation of Moe because imagine you take all of the Dere tropes we talked about, like the Tsundere, the Dandere, the Kudere, and like the, the rich girl Dere trope, whatever, and you just turn into like Muppet Babies, right? <laughs> Right, like think about that. Like Miss Piggy is kind of like a real hussy who punches people in the face. Allah! Yeah, but Muppet Babies Miss Piggy is a lot more tame. Loves yeah. her friends. Like believes in cooperation and teamwork and stuff like that. That's what Kon is. It's like mm-hmm. Ritsu is the tsundere. She's the like I'm the I'm the gruff one and better than you. Want to do this? But like if you if you moe her. She's like, she's like, no, I, I might be conniving, but I'm also Moe really- softens the hard edges. Yeah, like I cry when things don't go my way. I'll, 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 you know, I really, we really love snacks. We love- Where, where a true Sundade would not do that. No, in fact, it would be hard for that Sundade to make friends and not like have a lifelong friend who will make a pinky promise about becoming a band together, right? And like the other character, um, Mio, who he says the raven-haired one, is like your classic, like, Don today. Like, everything's just so embarrassing. Ooh, like that kind of character. But you Muppet Baby's her, and she's like, you know, very embarrassing. Like, oh, I just don't want to, uh, it's like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But very cutesy and very friendly. So, um, so what's crazy about this is we're going to pause each time we talk about a show to kind of discuss a little bit about why, what you're supposed to feel in these moments, right? What is it about sure. Moe? Let's do it. That, that how this ties into Moe. And I think it's also really important to talk about the issue of kawaii. Have you heard that before? You probably heard it before. Someone, when someone talks about Japan, you hear Ar- arigato, sayonara, you hear, you know, sushi and all that stuff. But a lot of things, talk, one of the actual words you might hear is kawaii. Have you heard that word before? Uh, I thought I might have heard it in an Afro Man song, but that is. That <laughs> is a girl I, from I kawaii. <laughs> and we're not going to finish that lyric. We're not going to finish that lyric. <laughs> I think I'm incorrect, so please lay it on me. Especially not in the Moe episode. It'd have to be at, like, the the, the prison school episode. <laughs> Stuck her heel in a vent, and he said, "I like that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, kawaii means cute. It's, it's basically the word cute. Um, but it's more important than that because co- cute is a very important trait within Japanese culture. Right. Whenever you think about Japan, you think of like, you can think of like the old fashioned Japan. But another thing you're thinking about is like Hello Kitty. All the characters are very wide eyed. Everything is very mm-hmm. cutesy. Everything's got hearts and stars and stuff like that. That is the the aesthetic of kawaii that the Japan really loves, especially in pop culture. And there's a reason for that. Like if you think about it, Japan is very strict. 
Yeah. It's very conservative. It has, it's actually a really hard life to live there, especially if you work there, if you're going to school, there's a lot of stress there. Yeah. And so Kauai is a way to, of de-stressing your life and to give you something that you can like, like unthink about your day. Like, have you ever come home from work and you just are so stressed out, you think and all of your problems and stuff like that, but then you look into your dog's eyes and you realize this dog has no idea what I'm going through. <laughs> does not care. Yep. That about about my boss yelling at me, or you know that I tripped and everybody saw it. Like I don't know. Does that do you have that sentiment ever, Garrett? And that dog is just like ball, ball, yeah, ball. Exactly. It's it's a simpler sentiment. It, it is a blissful ignorance. Right. Exactly. And so when Japanese see kawaii stuff, it's they they don't treat it as predatorily like a lot of people is. Like when we watch Senko-san, um, some people are like, oh, she's a sex cat. Or, you know, when he grabbed her ears, she, he got super sexually excited for it. No, what actually the person said, and it was very explicit, is it's more like sitting in a very warm bath, right? Like if you're touching something cute or you're grabbing a face that's really cute or looking at a cat, like, a, like a puppy dog's face, you're just like, ha. Ah. And that's the sentiment that Japan likes to I'm going to step in here. Kyle, that dude finger banged Sanko son's ears. No, he did without not. Without accident. And she was like, I did not like that. You are not allowed to touch my earlobes. And he was just like, hmm, this is sense. I, I feel good. I feel relaxed. It's like a warm bath. I, 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 uh, I understand what you're saying with regards to these shows <laughs> and that. The other one, eh, they, they towed that line. They knew what right. they were doing. Right. But at, that, but at the end of the day, like it's a Moe in this sense, one sentiment of Moe would be a sense of feeling of low stress and relaxation. Kaon does not have huge conflicts. The closest thing that I can relate this to is the ASMR movement of the past mm -hmm. five years. Mm -hmm. um, guys, I, I don't remember the actual acronym. Look up ASMR. It's like something but, in response or whatever. It's ultimately, it's like, imagine that, like, that feeling of just like chills starting at the top right. of your head and, and, and moving down your body. Mm -hmm. And there's this, I don't want to say a big argument, but there's certainly this line that you see when you watch all these videos and, and you see the comments, which are like the worst place you can exist on this world. So yeah. I suggest not reading them. But if yeah. you do read them, what you'll find is that 70% of people find this to be this decompressing, relaxing, mm -hmm. just the, the stress re releases from the shoulders. Yeah. And then 25% sexualize it mm -hmm. and it's tough because the people put this whether it's asmr or whether it's moe people put this content out there but once you put content out there it's mm -hmm. it's no longer yours right and people can interpret it as they want to interpret it so the closest thing that in this conversation i could feel moe relates to is asmr where right. its intent is a very pure thing Mm. Um, but it can get muddied. Right, exactly. And Garrett, you know what? That's an amazing way of explaining. In fact, I would say you're not even far off at all. Like mm. the Venn diagram of like people who would probably experience ASMR the same way would probably hopefully get the same response from Moe. Like with K-On, the music's very gentle. The the colors are very bright. The, mm -hmm. There's no conflict. There's no- The stakes are so low. Right. 
it's it really is. It's like they're, they they could lose the band, but you know they're not gonna like yeah. they're they're only really fighting over like you know who gets the last tea cake or like what mm-hmm. she kind of mean to me and like and then oh if I made her sad I'm gonna have to apologize like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the facets of Moe, right? So right. I'm glad you're kind of getting it, right? We're starting right. ball's rolling now. ASMR was a good good starting point. Okay. Right? Although I'll, I will die on that hill for Senko-san. You'll get there eventually, Garrett. I, I'm <laughs> sure. After a couple more episodes, we'll get you there. We're now going to talk about Nyanko Days, the next show I made you watch. Um, it is of the three. <laughs> this kind of, honestly, I was watching it. This could have gone on our uh, 25th anniversary, like, you know, worst anime list. Because it's, 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 it's an interesting one. So every episode, so everything. So just just watch walking through. First off, just so everybody knows, this is an a manga that came out twenty seventeen. The anime also came out twenty seventeen. The season you could watch in uh, an hour and change. <laughs> right, because <each laughs> maybe less episode, than that. Each episode is two two minute parts. Right, right. So every episode is four minutes. Right, exactly. Uh, not a big time commitment. And it doesn't seem like there's like arcs to it either. Like if there was like if you no. saw like a bell curve of like the conflict that happens with the show, it's just like a flat line. Just like I learned like that the star is Yuko Kanagi. Yes, and she owns three cats named Ma, She, and right. Ro. Yes, and the cats are human esque, <laughs> and that's weird. It's like we're not going to talk about the fact. So everybody in this world operates as if. They look like cats. <laughs> like, this is normal for... When I think of a cat in our universe, in Dimension 1 where we yeah. live in... You yeah, Rum Tum Tugger comes out furry, of your Yeah, a furry, you know... And they also give them species, too. Like, one's a, one's a munchkin, one's a, you know, a, a, you know, a, a, a European blue, all right. that stuff. Like, they're given the real species names of cats. But when she comes home, she goes, I want to cuddle with my cats. And all of a sudden, three little things run, <laughs> like human beings with cat ears run in and say, I miss you, mommy. You're like, what the heck? And is she communicates with them. And like, wobbly. Right. I would understand if it's like, this is a person, but they see, they can see, they see cats, but we're seeing it as people, but they're communicating with, like, they're actually having like one-on-one right. dialogue right. with each other. So that kind of gets that idea out of it. What did you think of that show, Garrett? I watched three episodes or six, six half episodes and i have no idea what it is the first episode is called uh like yuko and her cats no me and my kitties and I'm- me and my kitties and then episodes two and three are like kitty adventures or <laughs> and they go on zero adventures it is literally like it's a basically so just like i from what i the, read in there one cat <laughs> spills a glass of orange juice and the other cat wipes it up with a towel. My cat wouldn't and, do that. And she gets pet on the head by Yuko. And she's like, oh, I don't do it for your approval. Oh, but I love the <laughs> approval. And you're right. You're absolutely right, Garrett. And I was thinking maybe this is just an aberration at this woman's house. That she 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 is such a shy person that she sees her cats as real people talking to her. Maybe that's the case. But then she goes to the park, and the girl that she, the popular girl that she wants to make friends with also has a little human for a cat in her purse. And you're like, well, what oh, is thank, she's like, thank God, I have someone else I can talk to about cats. 
And another thing, the only part that I was a little oogie about was like, I'm going to tell you their favorite ways of getting pet. Like this one likes to get pet in the chin. And you see like this normal, like little person be like, and the other one likes getting pet in the side of the head. And the other one's like, the other one likes to get pet in its, in its armpits. And the girl's like, for the record, do you know who would love this show? Who? Your wife. I honestly think she would. She loves cats. I don't know if she'd be creeped out by it, though. She's so, like, she's No, she'd so... probably be like, I wish I had a cat I could talk to. I think, well, the thing is, my wife is so literal that she would just be like, she would be like, I have questions. <laughs> and she wouldn't be able to get around to enjoying what it's supposed to be until she got her questions answered, so to speak. Right, but um, these these questions don't always have answers, man. No, and I and I unfortunately don't have it, but I picked it for a specific reason. Um, there's, by the way, if anybody's hoping that like major events happen in the show, no, no major events happen in the show. It's as if you had a cat in your real life, but that cat could talk to you and had you know long flowing locks of blonde hair, mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff. But this is an example of the next phase of Moe that otaku kind of work with. And that's the idea of the anthropomorphized moe. So what that is, is you take an animal, a concept, an object, and you juvenile girl treatment them so that you get feelings of cute moe towards them, right? So the idea is like, you could think a cat's cute, but what if it was like a sweet, innocent, young Japanese girl who, you know, could talk to you and like tell you how much they love you and has, and has like cute little com- baby conversations with each other. That's what the point of like this anthropomorphized moe is. And you've seen this before too in other shows like Monster Musume. That's technically like moeing out, uh, you know, a harpy like or, or a centaur. Like when you see a centaur, you see like a big burly dude with horns and like, but in Monster Musume. Yeah, but that's normal- like, that's like moe Elvira style. <laughs> Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, other things, and I wanted to read these out to you because I just like couldn't understand it. Um, Chobits is also another Moe character, so it's basically taking oh, a personal I computer. Chobits. I like Chobits, but it's a person basically ch- Moeing out a ch- uh, personal computer. Um, okay. <laughs> we're going to be watching a show next week called Cells at Work, in which you Moe out um, not everything, but you can have Moe characters of parts of your body are to- are having like anime interactions with each other. Um, and so, you know, preview for next week. Um, and then, but one that I saw and I had to bring it up because I was like, what? So apparently, (laughs) maybe this is just like the internet that does this, but there's a section in the Wikipedia page for this that says law and politics. And there's one called Isail Chan. And it's the concept of ISIS as a Moe anime girl. I was like, what? Did you watch an episode? I didn't watch. I think it's just, it's, it's, it's actually kind of becomes, it goes, sometimes it goes from like what Japan does to now like the internet does it. Like Wikipedia probably paid someone to do Wiki-chan and make like a, like a female anime girl version of Wikipedia. It's that thing too. So it's like the idea of taking the cute anime girl aesthetic and adding it to what would normally not be human things. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, that's the second part of Moe. Right. Um, is so we're going to pause. Um, because Nyanko-chan doesn't have a lot to deep dive into, to talk about the next feeling of moe, okay? Mm-hmm. So you got the idea of like ASMR, right? You're sitting here and you're going, mm-hmm. you know, oh, it's that feeling of relaxation. My life is stressful. Let's have me have yep. a low stress situation. Another feeling of moe 
is the idea of like an animal that's so cute that you just want to like squeeze them. It's that like mm-hmm. feeling you get from babies and you want to like squeeze their cheek. Yeah. That's another feeling of Moe. When someone says like, I have a feeling of Moe, it's that just like, oh, you're so cute kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's what um, happens with anthropomorphized ideas. So what, okay. would you, did you feel that at all with the Nyanko girls? Like the little cat girls, were you at least like, oh, they're so cute, even though they're trying to be cats, they go, nyan, 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 which is the- They, they were not cute to me, but I, I understood that was the purpose of, of animating them in that way. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't appeal to me, but I absolutely see that, you know, in that culture of cute where they right. stand. Right. So it's like, you want to get people this, what you're trying to elicit is an emotion of like, this is so cute. This is just like the same of wanting to rub a cat's belly or pull a, a dog's ears or rub their ears. Mm-hmm. Kind of like with Sango-san, hashtag justice for Sango. And, <laughs> and, but I don't know if everybody, what, what gets in the way of it is that it's little girls. Right. Right. And so I think that is a lot of the, the, the striation, just like you said with ASMR, like, there's 75% that get it. Like, this is cute. I want to treat this as a cute thing. But then eventually, the wrong in the wrong hands, it could be kind of considered. Should have just made them animals. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, I I think about my own dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think about, like, how I, like, squeeze them around their neck and hug them. And they get, like, this, like, trapped animal look in their eye because I'm just like, I love you so much. Yes. You know? Your um, so in that case, your experience of feeling of moe towards your dogs, right? So I want you to get like that, that sense of like, right. It, right. It's, there's no word for that. It's not like- Or, or like that dog from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Oh, <laughs> you had to make me sad. <laughs> you had to make me suddenly sad. No, but it's like, we don't have a word for that in our, in our language either. Like if that feeling was just like, oh, you're just so cute on a like, like you're almost like violent towards the, you're the thing that's cute. You're like, oh, I just want to like, and I like we say, you to pieces. Right, we say like very violent things. <laughs> yeah, like I just want to eat your face and chew it and spit it out. Like that kind of stuff. That's how, that's how, that's that kind of feeling of MOA too is like okay. cute to the point of aggressive. <laughs> I understand that feeling for yeah. sure. We have a word for it, but in Japan they do. And that's, that's MOA. It's that fiery, uh, mm-hmm. passionate thing. So let's move on to our final uh, show that we watched. And this is another thing with another different reason and another feeling of MOA. And that's Bean Shotan. Yes. So, Bean Chotan was created, I believe, in the mid-2010s. I don't have the full production of it. But to give you a point is that this wasn't meant to be... This was also a four-coma or a nyon-coma, so it was like, it's just kind of like Garfield. But this was made as a mascot character. So if you're wondering why this existed, it was for ma- a mascot of the concept of charcoal production. So, so Bean Chotan was animated in West Virginia... <laughs> yeah in coal country it was commissioned by what's his name from uh, uh joe mansion <laughs> yeah it's clean coal it's clean, clean coal clean coal well the way they use this coal in japan is apparently like a miracle drug apparently according to yeah. this show but well um, you know i mean don't we all wish we could light a log on fire and then put it on our head for warmth right exactly it's like look at all the great uses of, of this specific charcoal that we have in this region but talk us through what binchotan made me think like it was like Japanese schools would show this to young girls to be like, this is how you become a good member of society. It felt like very instructional. Like this is how you're a good person. This is how you're a value to Japan. This is how a proper person acts. Be like Bin Chotan. That's like the vibe that I got from it. <laughs> you know what? I, I wouldn't say from an American aesthetic, I would, 
definitely say that that's definitely true. I definitely felt that as well. But knowing the Japanese culture as I as I as I understand it, I get the aesthetic. But the photographer, like, what is her deal? Who is Binchotan? What's Bin her Chotan background? lives in a house in the woods by herself. There's no parents around. <laughs> Every day she lives life to the fullest. She makes rice, and when she makes rice, she heats up a log or charcoal, and then she puts it on her head to keep her warm. When she walks around in the woods and gathers things to eat and things to drink, she balances the charcoal on the top of her head like a frickin' moron. That's Binchotan. Binchotan legit is the everyday non-eventful life of a like a essentially an orphan who wears a pink bow who wears a pink bow super cute with humongous eyeballs everything Massive startles eyes. her everything startles her so when like a like a snake comes up she's like, ah! i did not like that part of the episode <laughs> i can hear the narrator going like garretton doesn't necessarily hate snakes when he sees them it just startles him <laughs> no and you're right garretton doesn't necessarily dislike snakes but when he sees them he gets a shovel and chops off their head so Garretan, Garretan is serving six months for killing a rare poisonous species of serpent. As in violation of the Endangered Species Act of 1975. <laughs> <laughs> so what if I was to tell you that instead of like watching this on TV or in the classroom, like you said, you went to the prefecture of Wakayama. And normally Wakayama, not really an exciting place. It's actually really known for its charcoal. And if you go to their instruction... Oh, God, their, their, do they show it at the tourism center? Yes. So that's the point, is to... Oh, my God. Is to get people to appreciate Wakayama. Like, every really... A lot of towns do have a it's mascot. propaganda. It, it kind of is. It's tourism propaganda for the sake of... Um, but that's another, that's another thing that happens with Moe, is you take a concept for the town... This is if you as you made like Steel Chan and you made like a Moe girl in Pittsburgh that is there to like tell you how great she loves steel or go to, or Cheese Tan who lives in Wisconsin and really wants and like spends her day out in the in the lakes of Wisconsin eating cheese and saying hi to the deer. Steel, like that's what steel, this is all about. Steel Tan has a towel. It's a terrible <laughs> towel, but she loves her terrible towel and she waves it in a circle while screaming Palomalu, Palomalu. <laughs> She enjoys meeting Palomalu-san. Um, <laughs> but avoids like, Roethlisberger-san. <laughs> Roethlisberger-san is to be avoided. <laughs> yeah, Binjo-chan should stay away from number seven on the Steelers. <laughs> so yeah, so Binjo-chan, Bincho, uh, another thing that you'll notice is that in order to moify something, you take something pretty standard like this mouse or this microphone you call microphone ton or chan mm -hmm. and that's just a cutesy suffix that you give to primarily girls because so ton is a kid's way of saying son because it's like they can't really say the s so it sounds like ton but mm -hmm. then that turned into chan because it's like a widow widow baby way of saying it. Mm. so it's kind of like it that's how it kind of moved okay um so chan or ton is how you would work with it um and what's crazy is that this is not like the charcoal that you, um, and this is the part that I was understanding now a little better on why she was a good mascot. Cause like, it just looks like a normal girl going about her normal day, but then she gets like utilized, shrunk down 
to be of use to the world. So, so one of the stories is that she gets, apparently she has a job. <laughs> like she's like, gotta, gotta, gotta hit the, you know, the, the, the factory today. She grabs her acorn so that she can pay for her bus fare, which is like a An scarab. eagle. An eagle picks her up and flies <laughs> her bus to the job. And flies her, and she's like, thank you, and hands him an acorn, he flies away. That's the token for the, you know, the green line at this place. And she goes to the job board, and this was a place where, like, the day laborers are hanging out outside of the Home Depot. But Binchotan is, in, in, you know, who's a third the size of everybody else, is just trying to jam her face in there. And someone's like, deodorized shoes? That's a terrible job, you know? <laughs> you know? purifying water that's an awful job and so she picks it up because she's such a resourceful little girl and that's when she find out like why she's charcoal because according to jeff right. this this <laughs> which by the way she's a normal like human girl at this point when she's doing her and, jobs and then they honey i shrunk the kid her yeah, they, they make her tiny and she goes in shoes to deodorize them like inner space like <laughs> <laughs> she like is in the shoe so like you can just see her eyes above the tongue of the shoe she's like don't know how she's doing that in this anthropomorphized world she's just going like <laughs> breathing this guy's like foot farts all day. that's the charcoal filtering the smell <laughs> and then she also drowns in a bottle of water to purify it and then my favorite was, apparently, if you throw this binchotan charcoal into rice, which is another thing that happens a lot in this show, it apparently, like, makes it cleaner tasting. It it saves the flavor of the rice. It keeps it from, like, I, I don't know, washing out or whatever. I don't know. Japanese have these theories for it. But I remember when the girl, this, the, there was a view of a woman putting a spoon in, and she pulls out, and binchotan is, like, hugging the spoon for dear life. Like, <laughs> and her face was like... <laughs> terrific i know so as you said it's propaganda it's a mascot don't you know the the purpose of this show was to get you to feel something about the town the town has a spirit to it the town has like a a a thing that supports it in that way and Mm -hmm. and the charcoal is that one thing so um but this is a good also example of another spirit of moe which i wanted to make sure is like the idea of the little engine that could aspect of moe right Mm -hmm. in shotan is hardworking, but she's also like super small can can't do a lot she's uh you know mentally and emotionally fragile she you know she had but it's that the feeling of like really praying for a very weak vulnerable creature to succeed that i think i can that the little engine that could or like bambi trying to stand on ice that like wishing to strive and succeed is another spirit of moe that that people try to get and that's what binchotan's supposed to be that like you know for us you know most of the stuff that we do during the day is not so hard but for her she has like work extra hard to get to it and you're just like do it binchotan do it so does that make sense to that spirit of moe listen here wakayama <laughs> you ain't gonna make me feel bad for no coal industry <laughs> you can try 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 but I know you just destroying this planet. <laughs> but it's also not, but also one thing, it's not like, it's not oil coal, it's like wood coal. I know that does much better, but it's, it's primarily- Does it burn? It burns. <laughs> oh, it burns. Well, apparently you put it in rice and it doesn't. I don't know. It just holds on to your spoon for dear life. <laughs> right, right, but that, right. But you get that feeling, right? So we got- No, the, I do, I do, I do. So like the first idea is the idea of, 
you know, of, you know, feeling like this is a relaxing thing. I'm watching this little girl go about her day and not, not too much stress, followed by this like, oh, she's so cute. Look at her cheeks. When she cries, I feel bad for her. When she's happy, I'm like, super excited for her. Everything's exciting. to The world is open to her. So we go back to our youth in that day. And then like her struggles and the way she works so hard, even though she's so little, so young, so vulnerable, mm-hmm. you just want her to succeed. All in all, that encompasses, and probably a little bit more, the big ball that is Moe. Okay. But I can tell by talking to you, Garrett, that you feel zero of these feelings towards any of the characters in this show. Well, I mean, to be fair, like, I'm not emotionally invested because I watch so little of each. Right, right, right. Like, you, you don't love a character after being exposed to them for a half hour each. Right. You know? Right. When right. you read a big, long novel and you you root for someone to succeed, like, you've invested hours of your life caring about this person same thing with television shows or even movies but you know for the brief um moments that i spent with these characters uh they didn't hook me uh, it wasn't I a quick hook for you what they're trying to do mm-hmm. didn't quite get there with me and that's not a criticism right 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 i agree and and you know what um i think it does take a little bit of time to get that nerve practiced you know that like ooh, moe how cute this is a sweet little cute little thing blah 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 mm-hmm. so this goes into my final thought about moe and the kind of question that you and i should answer both as a new fan and as a fan that's been watching this for a while is the appropriateness of it now okay. you and i were talking about like Culturally, we feel oogly about, you know, it's weird that you have to, you you make feminine and cutesy objects. Well, think about the other way around, like making feminine creatures objects, right? Like there's lots of problematize about that idea and Japan has like a ways to go with that stuff. But more than anything, I want to talk about how two men in their 30s can interact with this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I call it the brony dilemma. Okay. Right. You and I know, you know what a brony is, right? It's yeah, 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 absolutely. But uh, for, for those at home, essentially, uh, if you're not familiar, there's this long-running uh, animated series and um, property. In the United States, mind you, this is not an anime. In the United States, uh, called My Little Pony. Uh, and there are these large swaths of men mm-hmm. from teenagers to 60, 70 years old who really enjoy the property and they're called bronies and they have their own conventions and everything. And to be frank, they are not the target audience and it's a little weird for everyone. And they struggle with uh, the perception of their fandom as being sort of a perversion. Right. And I think that is the dilemma, right? Is the question of, is it all right? The central question is, is it all right for grown men to appreciate Moe? So what are what are your thoughts, Gary? Because in my, I have a lot of thoughts about this, but I wanted to get your original gauge for it. Like I am, deci- if I'm a man in my 30s and you see me appreciating in an innocent way the pure innocence of young girls mm-hmm. in the format of anime, is that inappropriate for me to do as a man in my 30s? Just to clarify that, I am on the fence. Mm. My gut reaction is that it's inappropriate because I think bronies are inappropriate. Mm. But when I look in the mirror and we revisit our conversation from 30 minutes ago, mm-hmm. a lot of people think ASMR is weird. Mm-hmm. Watching someone else get a massage, watching someone whisper and tap their nails on items mm-hmm. or, or get chiropractic adjustments. A lot of people think that's strange. See, a lot of people who enjoy that is you definitely. I know you like the chiropractic videos. Right. Oh no, I love ASMR stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
you know. Listen, but you love this chiropractor. You like, ooh, Kyle, I really enjoy myself. With oh this. yeah, yeah, a good joint cracking one. But yeah, continue on. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it's not all about the neck crack. It's it's it, there's see, that's like the that's <laughs> like the money shot. Like the these these channels will put out all this content of all yeah. these like long adjustments and right. there's again for those who aren't into it you're gonna be like wow garrett has thrown up his freak flag today but, it's, hey garrett i just spent a whole 45 minutes explaining you how it's not weird to enjoy <laughs> cherubic cats and little girls and a, and right. a, and a guitar so, club so essentially with asmr you know uh, with the, in particular the chiropractic videos like you should want to watch the whole video. You should want to watch the, the doctor interaction. So I think on a deeper level, mm-hmm. well, let's not, uh, how do I not get ahead of myself? In short, on a deeper level, I think all of us as humans want to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And I think the root of ASMR and this calming, particularly the doctor videos or the massage videos or the chiropractor videos is you wish you had this experience because mm-hmm. you would feel coddled, loved, mm-hmm. and taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so you'll often see like highlight clips that where mm-hmm. someone will take all these hours of content that people have put out on the internet and then reduce them to five minutes of neck cracks. And it would be like going to a website and just looking at a, a porn site and looking at the money shot. Yeah. But like, like there's no foreplay. Nope. Just get <laughs> There's no lead up. Um, but anyway, so when it comes to, is it appropriate? It's hard for me because I want to lean no, but then I have to think about the things that I enjoy and how other people would view that. Mm -hmm. So maybe I lean back towards, you know what? I mean, yeah, as long as you're not like trying to watch it with the girl down the street, Mm -hmm. then yeah, it's appropriate. Right. So, I mean, and that's, and that's a normal response that a lot of people have. Um, but in my mind, uh, this ties into an issue of like, masculinity and how we're not as men or boys expected to like cute things. And in order for us to interface with things that are cute or things that we see in an innocent way, it's assumed that there's a sexual component to it. And I find that that is a limiting sense in the case of like, and that's why I think Brody's is a good example of this. Like what that did on paper seems silly, right? There's a whole bunch of men. If you, and you just say it out loud, even it reeks of, of like, this is wrong, right? Like there's a bunch of men and teenage boys watching ponies, being friends with each other. And you say it out loud. And just like, there's this instinctual part of your brain that's telling you like, boys aren't supposed to like that. They're not supposed to like ponies. They're not supposed to like friendship. They're not supposed to like magic. They're not supposed to like love and kindness and all that stuff. And I feel like that is something that is changing now. And I feel like Moe is, is, could be a good part for it, right? It's like, I, for example, am, I'm hoping to be a father soon. And if I see my, if I have a daughter and that daughter is being very cute or like is being just so cute, you want to pinch her cheeks and stuff like that. I'm her father. So that's in a, not inappropriate, right? Right. But an external observer, someone might think that's appropriate. So like, it's this weird, like gut check that we have to kind of like turn off to appreciate something like this, like the initial reactions to assume malintent with men who appreciate these things. But as you said, unless they're like, yeah, unless they're like, you know, saying get out of your bathing suits and watch this stuff with me, that's a completely different argument. But if it's like, I just, I have I had a long day at work and I just flat, slapped on K-On, it doesn't matter because these girls have nothing of interest or, or worries for me. I just need 
nonsense happening in the background or it's just relaxing to see mm-hmm. inconsequential problems happening and that's you know stimulating enough but not too overstimulating for me so in my mind that's the ultimate route i wanted to take with the discussion of the show it's like the idea that i feel like the issue with people like i i want men my age i want people i want younger men and i want them to be able to enjoy the sailor moons the binchotons the kaons the the things that are just about young girl innocence without any of the sexual ties to it and i think it should be okay for them to do it i guess but it's really hard not to sexualize it and and like the whole like you you use that term like young girl innocence and there there's that's and I don't know, that sexualizes it in, in my mm. in my mind. Um, go for it, yeah. Talk me through it. No, there's there's just there's just a lot of other places you could go. And and I understand, like I am like I'm not completely against the ideas of of masculine and feminine traits, but mm-hmm. I also don't think that I'm certainly don't think that you need to live in a box. And I think that you should have both on on, mm-hmm. on wherever you are on the gender spectrum, mm-hmm. you should have a balance of both. And if you're, you know, if you're, uh, if you identify as um, he, him, and and you're like 75, 25 into the masculine stuff, that's, that's great. Sure. Yeah, fine. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but, you know, you shouldn't be afraid of that 25. So, uh, so mm-hmm. I totally dig that and mm-hmm. I'm down mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to like celebrating the innocence of like teen youth, like uh, there's, there's a line there somewhere. I don't know where. And, <laughs> But it's there. Now, is that is that from like, uh, and I just want to. This is just me pushing a little bit on it. Is does that stem from an actual thing that you think is going to happen out of it, or is it just there's a switch in your brain that's saying like that's throwing up warning signs to you? That's the question that I'm going to ask. Like, well, you know, I, I get. I guess it all like depends. Like, the, let's let's go back to like the bronies, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I have no issue with the fact that men enjoy the show mm-hmm. or think that it's positive messaging. Mm-hmm. But when you like go to these like big conferences mm-hmm. and a whole lot of weird gets in the same room. And I understand that like, there is no normal. We've always talked about that's not normal. That's right, not right, normal. Right, and exactly, you start yeah. to realize, you know, n- normal is a scale. And, right. and there's no like clear definition to what normal is, mm-hmm. but, but when you see um, sort of common characteristics, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, it puts me in an uncomfortable space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and that's, and that's the thing I'm just challenging because yes, there is an aspect of it that does go into Lolly. Like, is there Moe within Monster Musume? Yes. But is Monster Musume also etchy? sexualized you know 100%. Trash, trash bomb 100 <laughs> percent. so it is and i think i'll think it's a case-by-case basis i think you have to have a healthy understanding of it before you go into it mm-hmm. i wouldn't like seek it out like if you I'm, most of the time you're stumbling into it so mm-hmm. or it's mixed in with other things like these are things that are pure these things that i showed you were like pure moe in their state moe you're only going to find like characters that do that or yeah there's certain parts of it that are okay with it so so just to say that this is not going to be something that we're going to be dealing with a lot but you know, ultimately is something you're gonna be faced with and you'll get it a little bit more and right. we'll we'll at the very least turn off that switch in their brain that feels oogly right away mm-hmm. or at least challenge it a little bit so that they might be able to appreciate it a little bit i don't know just because at the end of the day i want everybody to enjoy this stuff you know and mm-hmm. anime has its stuff that 
if you can just turn off the switches of your brain that feel googie about it, especially in an American sense, then you might be able to enjoy it a little bit more. So yeah. final verdict though is, so very short, is Moe cute and endearing or creepy and borderline appropriate to you? Final thoughts, final verdict to you. Gun to my head if I had to pick one cute and endearing. I, th- I think so too, but e- even if it's sickly cute, it leans more that way than the other way. Right. Great. Awesome. I, and I completely agree with you. I, I'm not going to ask you if you're going to keep watching these be- because A, you've already pretty much went through Nyanko days because it's like, it's like 40 minutes of total airtime. But what would you, is like maybe K-On be something that you might be interested in watching if, you know, nothing else is happening? And Well, no. Okay. That uh, no, I mean, sure. look, it's not to say that any of what we watched it was bad. It's just not my bag, baby. It's, it's also like, bag. I also want a little conflict in my stories. So for me, k nothing happens. So I find that to be, that can be a little tired. And if you're going to get, there's right. only so I much mean, like, I like my dog, but I also want my dog. If I, I love dogs, but like dogs can also go away and I can, I can enjoy them. How, how many successful love story movies are there where boy meets girl, person meets person, they fall in love. And there's nothing stopping them in the story ends. The worst thing that happens is that someone ordered the wrong cheeseburger at the McDonald's. Like that's right. That, that, yeah, as I agree with you, like some people, you know, I think it's like a mood that strikes you and that's when it will work for you. Mm-hmm. So um, let's go. And finally, without we even noob scores, we're going to give, uh, which one would you prefer over the three? If you were to say like, Hey, this is the best of the Moe that we watched today. How would you rank them? Well, K-On is number one. I agree. K-On is, I would actually say if you like anime and you like, mm-hmm. you know, lighter stuff, K-On is actually not a bad show. Yep. The um, other ones are kind of silly, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Number it. two would be uh, Binchotan. Me too. Yeah, I think so too. And number three would be Nyanko Days because I have no idea what it's supposed to, it, I mean, Binchotan is like pure, like charcoal propaganda and I still got what was going on, even when she became a little piece of like coal in your rice and, and, and. <laughs> Nyanko Days was just like, that was trippy, man. It didn't have an intro, but it had an ending. So every time I'd see like, oh, we got to the intro. And I remember watching the first episode and it was just like an hour, a minute and a half of, of content. And then this theme song happened and it goes, starting episode two. I go, did my, did my Crunchyroll like go bad? <laughs> That's what I thought. It's, right. it's also like jarring. So like Nyanko Days at the very least is like very jarring, but hey, you can get through the whole series in less than an hour. So if you if you have an hour to kill and you just want to pass the time, sure, go for it. Um, um, so once again, as we've dove into this concept more clearly and uh, really uh, battled what it means to be innocent versus lolly, you know, it's also still really important to hear your thoughts. Have you ever watched a show that was just so moe that you just wanted to, you know, squeeze the cheeks of the main characters and, you know, cuddle them when they cry? Or did you think this is just a really inappropriate, weird mess and uh, you don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole? Weirdly enough, it comes down to those two binaries, so let us know in the comments below because we really want to keep the conversation going, especially for stuff as important as K-On and weird stuff like, like, we, we want the weird stuff to matter too. Uh, you could follow us on our social media at Wama Podcast or our Instagram. That's W-A-N-W-A Podcast. Uh, you can also find us at uh, Weeb underscore Noob on Twitter. And you can find us on Anchor.fm is where we host uh, slash Wama Podcast. Make sure you give us a five, five, five star review because it'll help people watch the show and maybe talk some more Moe fans into watching our, our jam. But before we close the chapter on this, this genre, what's your final thoughts on Moe? Go for it, Garrett. Don't go around talking to people about your human-like cats. (laughs) Keep them in their purse for you. It will not end well. Keep them at home.
So, <laughs> so we're going to be starting our music light music clubs. We're going to be putting charcoal and rice. We're also going to be fed-fedding our human cats. All in all, the wish you all fantastic. See you next week. Take care, y'all. Thank <laughs> you.